Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. Now this week, we're going to look at the new ASIC order that will affect the retail trading of FX and CFDs and why they are doing this and is it good or bad? Then we'll get into the Australian stock market so I can share with you my thoughts, where it's heading, along with answering your questions and, more importantly, looking at stocks for you. Hello, I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now, before we move on, thank you for showing your support for our channel and hitting that subscribe button. Now, remember, as you subscribe, click the little bell on the right of it so you keep up to date with our latest videos. Also, give us a thumbs up. Remember to tune into our live Australian stock market show every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Time, because this is the show where you get to ask us, the stock market, education and trading experts, to look at your favourite stocks and answer all of your most burning questions. And when COVID-19 hit Australia earlier this year, I don't think any of us really knew the extent of what would unfold in 2020. Now, the country went into lockdown, the Australian stock market crashed, and retail investors found themselves with more free time, resulting in many turning to the stock market in order to make some money. Now, in May, ASIC released a report about investor trading during the March volatility, and the results were alarming, especially around leverage trading. Now, two weeks ago, ASIC released a product intervention order, and that's 20-254MR, if you want to go to the ASIC website and check that out. And that was to strengthen consumer protections around trading in contracts for difference, or CFDs. Now, this order is well overdue, and in my opinion, a step in the right direction. Now, while CFD providers have disclosed the risk of trading leveraged products, the reality is that either most retail traders don't read the disclosures or they just simply ignore them. As a consequence, many retail traders lose large sums of money due to the leveraged nature of these products. While the ASIC order seeks to limit the amount of leverage a retail trader can take on, it will not stop retail traders losing money. It will only limit it somewhat, as the majority tend to not be highly educated or experienced in trading the stock market, let alone trading a leveraged product. That said, I applaud ASIC for its initiative and encourage it to do more in order to protect retail investors. Other areas that need ASIC's attention include high-frequency trading and algorithmic trading that increases the volatility in the market, which is detrimental to retail investors. So what were the best and worst performing sectors last week? Well, last week the market has flipped as all sectors ended the week in the green with consumer discretionary up 6.76%, followed by industrials up 6.44% and information technology, well, that was up 5.68%. 
The worst performing sectors, well, they included consumer staples, that was up 2.1%, followed by financials, which was up 2.92%, and utilities up 3.32%. Looking at the ASX top 100 stocks, the best performers included Tabcorp Holdings up 24.62% on rumours of a bid on the company by a private equity firm. Flight Centre, which was last week's worst performer, rose 24.42% on news around travel opening up again. Uh, this was followed by vicinity centres up over 15.7%. Centre Group, that was up 14.29%. And Stockland, well, that was up 14.03%. The worst performers included Pendle Group down 8.04%, followed by Fortescue Metals Group, that was down 4.72%. Treasury Wines Estates, that was down 4.58%. So what do I expect in the market moving forward? Well, let's get into the charts for our S&P 500 All Ward News Index update for this week. We'll also answer your questions and look at the stocks that you've chosen for me. I think I sound like a, a bit of a broken record because it's like interesting on the Australian stock market at the moment, one week down, one week up, and we're not really getting any sense of direction. And obviously with the US election last week, it's understandable that we do have some volatility, but um, as you were um, no doubt aware, the, the prior week I was actually suggesting the market could be down last week, and yet it completely flipped and uh, rose quite strongly as we saw in the, in my report on the sectors. But let's go and have a look at the charts and just see what's going on because it's actually, whilst on a technical perspective, I would have loved last week to be down and I would have loved it to go below that sort of that 5,900 point level. And I know that sounds strange saying, why would you want it to go down when you want to make money and the stock's going up? Is It's really about getting more, the, it's like walking up a stairs. You have to put your foot down to get the leverage to move back up again. Similar sort of scenario here in terms of technical analysis. I would have loved it to come down a little bit more and come down below that low um, and really get some support through here and then take off. And that would have been a bigger, more sustainable rise. Whereas uh, if it does keep going up from here, which is, I mean, you can see here's the week before it opened here, closed on its lower than last week, it just completely reversed um, to move right up to that 6409 points and closing near its high at 6395. Now, once it breaks through that level, that 6455 point level set from the 23rd of October, it will prove that that was the low that I was expecting a lot earlier than what I was expecting. I was expecting it a few weeks later into October. Um, obviously, it didn't occur, um, if that's the case. Um, but if it does fall away this week and into next week, well, then it's much later than I was expected. So either way, um, I haven't been great at the moment on which what's actually happening, but I did know the market was going to be a little bit more volatile, and I did think it had a little bit more downside. But right now, I am leaning to being more bullish. And this is where a lot of people, it sort of frustrates some people saying, well, Dale, you're bullish on one hand, but you're also bearish on another hand. And it is, it's not about, it's about picking the direction of the market and waiting for confirmation, not speculation. So right now, whilst last week was really, really good, once it goes through that level, that 6455, it's going to confirm it's going up. Um, and that's really what I've been waiting for because to jump too early would have been higher risk because if we if we hadn't had this strong week last week, let's say it only went up a part of the way, then it could fall away a lot further, even though we are might have been more bullish, people can jump in for it only to fall away further. So we do need to make sure we trade on confirmation, invest on confirmation of a move and not 
think we're missing out by not getting in really early. I, th- I find a lot of investors and traders try and jump really early uh, to get into things you know, in fear of missing out all that FOMO that we do talk about. Um, and in doing so, they catch themselves with falling knives, but they also get stuck in sort of sideways-ish moves. I'd rather leave a bit off the bottom there and get in once it breaks through this level and then take it from there because really it's not a big issue in a few percent. A few percent in the bigger scheme of things is not um, something that's going to break the bank, but you want to make sure you're getting into something solid. So right now, I think the market is looking good. Uh, you know, obviously, it looks like Biden's in. I mean, everybody's calling Biden, and we did expect Trump to um, have some um, noise or create noise around it. And I know the gentleman that I talked to in the US, um, as far as our... Um, uh, what I do for flicks every single day, flixx.net, so you can go there and I talk about the US market. Um, you know, Jim Beach I talk to on Monday, so he'll, his talk, will, uh, my chat with him will go up um, on Mondays for flicks. Then you've got Tuesdays, um, I do talk about the market, but I think a week ago I talked with Manny Alejandro um, about it, and I'm talking, I think on Friday I'm going to be talking with the boys from Texas, um, Drew and um, Brent, and that will be a good chat with those guys to help you really understand what's going on in the US if it's really important to you. But I think we focus far too much on the US um, economy in the US market because Australia, we're much more aligned to China and Asia. You know, the amount of trade we have goes through to the US is, is nowhere near what it is, to, what we do to, uh, to Asia and actually it's a spec compared to what we do with Asia. So from an economic point of view, uh, we should be much more concerned with Asia, obviously with the US markets. We're tending to follow them a lot more nowadays, but I think the the conjecture around the election is going to be going on for at least weeks, if not a few months, but uh, it would all depend on when a stimulus package comes out and whether the US market will take off. But I think our market is going to be a lot more bullish than the US market through 2021. So that's the exciting thing. And then plenty of stocks setting themselves up. But let's get on to our questions for today. Now, the first question we have today is from Adam, who says, Hi, Dale, I know you get asked for this stock a fair bit, but would love to hear um, an A2 milk update or A2M update. A while ago, you tipped it to drop to around the current price level that it was, that it is now. Where do you think it will go from here? Thanks, Dale. Keep up the good work. Well, thanks, Adam, for your question. Yeah, I did. It's one I get asked about a lot. Same with, um, you know, Z1P and Afterpay. People are asking me about a lot. Any stock that rises strongly, um, we tend to get a lot more questions about it. Just the market, they just, uh, retail traders tend to sort of be like flies to honey or, you know, um, you know what do they call it? Uh, moth to a, a light or a flame. And they tend to attract the stocks that are flying away. Whereas really the good, good traders and in good investors finding out what's the next best story, not jumping on last week's best story. And and as you've probably heard me say a few times over the last few weeks, a lot of traders um, or investors jump trying to buy yesterday's returns. And those sorts of stocks do that. And A2 Milk was one we've had over the last couple of years, a lot of people jumping into and have made some good money. I don't doubt that, but it's now a lot more liquid and a lot more of the institutional money's coming into it. So it's settling into a rhythm. But let's look at the chart. And you can see on the left, it's a monthly chart. Right-hand side's a weekly chart. And you can see it's been hugely, hugely bearish for, you know, a big chunk of this year since that high back there in um, June. So last four months, it's been really, really bearish. But you can see here, look at this. It's just creating patterns right now. 
And so right now we're looking at a bearish chart. Last week it opened here, pushed right down and came right back and closed right up on the top there um, at 13.71, but it opened at 13.76. So it's only down five cents for the week, which was quite interesting in a bullish week for the market. But let's have a look at the monthly chart just for have a bit of a look. Now you can see here this company's been around for about five years and a beautiful big, big rise going, you know, from around that sort of a dollar of 40 odd cents right up to that $20 mark. So therefore you can understand why people are excited about this stock, but let's just drag it right out a bit and I'll just show you a couple of things on here. So if I look at here and I go to that high there in February, 2018, it fell 40.93% down into that. If, if I go to this high here back on um, July 2019, it's fallen 34.38%. If I go to the next one, which is this, the more recent one, you can see they're down to that lowest 34.96%. So it does have some decent falls. This one was pretty long in time, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight months. This one was one, two, three, and a bit months, one, two, three, four, and a bit months. So roughly around that time frame. So what do I think could happen? Um, I think you might, you might find some support because if you look from those low to there, you can see that rose up 112% um, and you can see from that one to there, it rose up 77.75%. So I think it could realistically find some support over this month or next month. Um, I'm not suggesting this is actually the low, but I'm suggesting it could um, really do some um, nice work over the next one or two months, nicely find some support. But this is not confirming it. And I was saying... Just a little bit earlier in the port, we need to trade on confirmation, not speculation. So whilst this has you know, had a nice sign last week by pushing down and coming back, I want to see it confirmed before I would get too excited about A2 milk. So I'm not suggesting it's going to fall any further. I'm just saying if we start getting some green bars and it looks like it's holding up, then that will all go well for a confirmation that the new run is, is likely to move up. And uh, if it does move back up again, I'll put my little tool on it from the current price level back up to there, you can see that's 46%. So there's a nice little room to, to rise up and make some decent profit, but getting it at the right time, getting in too early on a stock might mean you're catching a falling knife. So be careful about it, but a great stock at the moment. I do like the look of it. I do like what it's setting up, but again, just don't have that fear of missing out. Just wait for that confirmation before you get in. But next question, um, great question. Thanks, Adam, for that anyway. But the next question we have is from Samco. He says, hey, Dale, thanks for the video. Why do you believe FMG has risen the way it has and not others in the same category, um, uh, Rio and to a lesser extent, BHP? <sighs> Interesting question. And I think the answer is I don't really care. Um, it, this is where I find with retail traders is you can read lots of reports on, and we're going to have a look at FMG in a second. Um, you can look at lots of reports, media articles, analyst articles, and they'll talk about all sorts of things to do with BHP, Rio, what they're doing, they're mining, everything else. I mean, Rio is, BHP is much more diversified and so is Rio compared to FMG, it really is. And also they have higher quality iron ore than FMG. So I can go into all the economic factors, but at the end of the day, the stock's either going up, it's going down, or it's going sideways. And as a retail investor, that's what you need to understand. You don't really need to understand too much about it. You just need to know, is it safe to get into it right now? Or is it too high a risk to hold on to it? And they're just having some basic rules around it. Why it's rising as strong as it does, or it falls as strong as it does, or it goes sideways, or it doesn't seem to react the same way as other stocks is it's a different stock. It is a completely different stock. Yes, it's in a similar area, but it's a different stock. And if you let's take the 
four banks, for example, you generally get Combank and Westpac sort of run together, uh, where NAB doesn't run as well with that and same with ANZ. So even in the same sector, um, even banking sector, and there are other sectors there where you get stocks that do similar things that don't run together. And you don't really need to understand it. All you need to understand is, as I said, the direction. Is it going up or is it going down? But let's go and have a look at the chart of that. And I'll bring up FMG and on the screen, you can see here, what I've done is a, it's on a monthly chart. And so FMG is the bar chart on the, on the bottom of all of that. Um, you can see how that unfolds over the period of time there. That green line or the, that, that green is BHP and the black is Rio. So there's not a lot of difference between the two. Oh, sorry, all three of them. You can see most of them through here, they all fell away. They rose up, they fell away, they rose up. Here's a point of point where FMG really didn't follow BHP and Rio, but then it took off and it rose up and you can see it's just outstripped BHP and Rio through here, but that's okay. It's just a different, as I said, it's different. But right now, um, the last few months, it's been a bit weaker um, and BHP and Rio have been a little bit weaker. So nothing major. It's not a real big difference between how they move. I just see right now, I like the material sector. I do like BHP and Rio, right, not right now, but I think they could be setting up for another couple of really, really good years. Um, Fortescue, as I said, it's, it tends to run a lot harder at different times than BHP and Rio, but then it tends to have slightly bigger falls as well. But again, as I was saying a little bit earlier, it's long as you pick the direction and you're in the stock when it's going up and you're getting out when it's going down, that's pretty much what you need to know. And I know it's probably not the technical or the big fundamental question or answer that you wanted like, well, it's got this and that and it has, you know, issues around its, um, how it does all its currency hedging, uh, et cetera, and its mines are more expensive to mine or whatever the different fundamentals are. All of that's great news, but again, it doesn't tell you when to buy and when to sell. Uh, and that's really what you need to understand is when to buy and when to sell. And that's really what we teach people in our courses and in our book is how to get in, how to get out and how to pick the direction of a stock so that you make more money. But more importantly, keep it simple. I find too many people make it more difficult by trying to understand all the finite detail of a stock to determine whether they should buy it. But uh, thank you very much for asking the question anyway. But the next question we do have is from Jeremy who says, hi Dale, how are you uh, able to, oh, sorry, are you able to comment on Westpac Bank um, by looking at the trends? I believe it's just trending sideways a lot similar to all the other banks. Westpac has also been fined significantly by Austrac due to their involvement with money laundering this year, which may have impacted their profit, profit margins. Many thanks, Jeremy. I think every single bank's been fined, every single bank's been had ASIC orders against them, every single bank's had all sorts of different things. It's just normal at this point in time. Uh, well, not this point in time, we've had all the whole Royal Commission, um, et cetera, into the financial services industry and the banks have been heavily involved in all of that sort of stuff. So all of that, again, doesn't necessarily make um, it will affect their bottom line, but they have contingencies and they expect that because some of those cases go on for not just months, but years. So they'll, they'll be putting money away for those sorts of things for, for expected fines because they've no, they'll know that they've done things wrong. Um, and so they would expect the fine and they would know roughly in the order what that fine would be because they would be talking with ASIC and saying, um, you know, what, what's, what's the likely outcome so they can plan for that because they don't want big hits. But let's go and have a look at the chart. I'll put my glasses on and looking at Westpac, just bring that up right now. You can see how it, like all the other banks, all the big four banks have been buried since March, April, 2015, all of them. 
So they've all gone right down. But since March of this year, all of them have done pretty much similar type of things. They've moved up a little bit and then a bit sideways. So that's really what you're talking about right here. And they have been a bit sideways. They are struggling against the low interest rates at the moment and not a lot of borrowing had been going on in the banks. Simply because with COVID, less people are moving houses, a lot of less loans going on. And obviously lower interest rates makes it harder for them to make some money um, from there. But right now I see Westpac's not giving me that much excitement. Uh, of all the big four banks, I like um, Commonwealth Bank better. But Westpac and Combank are the two best banks for performance over long periods of time. When you're looking at 10 years plus, Westpac and Combank tend to be the best ones. Of the big four, Macquarie Bank outstrips both of those um, in terms of overall growth. And I do like Macquarie Bank at the moment. But at this point in time, if, if Westpac moves through that sort of $19 area there, right above that sort of area there, I'd be quite happy to buy that stock. I think it'd be a very, very nice stock to get into. I used to work for Westpac, so that I'm not putting my bias on that one. Um, but I used to work for them for about eight years back in my younger days. But I think right now it's just setting itself up for a nice rise. And I think in the next year or so, the banks will do a hell of a lot better than they have done over the last five years because they are really due to to now start making run after having pretty much five years of falling away and having banks, our big four banks falling for five years is not something we're normally used to, but uh, great question, thank you. And the next question's from Joe who says, hi, I was wondering if you could do a Qantas discussion video if you haven't already, thanks. So let's me have a look at Qantas uh, just quickly and we'll bring that up. A lot of travel stocks started to move last week, like Flight Centre, as you heard, was doing very, very well. And we're seeing a lot of other different um, uh, travel-related stocks starting to move up with people saying, well, hey, we can travel again, so obviously they're going to make some more money. But, but you've also got to remember a lot of these stocks have been hugely hit, like Flight Centre, massively hit during this whole coronavirus lockdown. Qantas was massively hit as well, losing bucket loads of money. And you can see here Qantas is looking quite nice. It's moving up nicely and, and I don't have an issue with it right now and it does look really, really good, but you're still in a higher risk area. And this is the interesting thing is you're going into an area like we only need to start seeing cases come back and you know we get lockdowns again and, and travel shrinks again now we're going to get a lot of domestic travel and that's already happening people are booking all over australia for domestic travel and that's fantastic and Qantas will be the airline flying people around obviously uh, and that will do Qantas and obviously um, jetstar will be flying people around and obviously virgin will be doing the same thing again so they will start making some more money but Qantas makes more of its money by international not necessarily domestic so i wouldn't expect huge Huge profits, but I do like the stock. I think it looks good at the moment. Um, but I would also put it in that, not the speculative basket, but just saying, well, I need to be ready to exit this stock in case something else happens and we do get more lockdowns. Whilst Australia is doing great in Melbourne, where I am, you know, I think it was eight, nine, ten days of zero, zero double donuts, um, and we're pretty excited about that. But you know, New South Wales have got more cases. You know, uh, you know, they've got cases coming every day. So if we can lock that down and, and get Australia COVID free, that would be fantastic. But again, it only takes one person coming into the country, somebody making a mistake and it all starts again. So it's, as I said, so I put it in slightly the higher risk because until the rest of the world clans it up, um, we're still always going to be under that little cloud saying, hmm, 
when's the next one coming through into Australia? Because we're just, you're not going to be able to stop it. But again, um, to me, travel stocks are a high risk at this point in time. But thank you for sending in your questions and thanks for watching till the end of the video. I do really appreciate it, uh, you being a part of this. Now, if you do have any questions you'd like me to answer, just stick them below. Now, last week, I asked your thoughts on whether the market would be up or down by Christmas and we got some fantastic results and some of them were really well thought out. So thanks to all those who made a comment. I really do appreciate you making those really, as I said, considered and well thought out comments, not just stupid ones. Um, you know, like, you know, hey, I just flipped the coin and there it was and told me what it was. But it's now six weeks until Christmas. So let me ask you what your preferred stock is right now and why. So what's your preferred stock and why? And I'll pick one of those to analyze next week. So down below, stick your, stick your thoughts down. What's the best stock that you're looking at to make money before Christmas time? and giving me your thoughts on why um, and then I'll cover it and give you my analysis next week. Now remember that here on this channel we do these Monday market reports every single week and we also do a live stream uh, with the Australian Stock Market Show every Tuesday night 7 to 8pm. So hit the subscribe button now, click the bell on the right of it so that you know when we upload and go live with our videos. Give me a big thumbs up and have a fantastic week. I'm Dale Gillam. Goodbye, good luck, good trading. Stay safe everybody. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.